righty, we are back. Your favorite podcast show of the week. This is Location Weekly. It's episode number 525. And we are recording live on Tuesday, July the 13th. Uh, Brianna, how are you? What's happening? I'm good. I'm uh, I'm at the beach, so I'm great, actually. Uh, just trying to disconnect. Besides this uh, time, disconnecting from work and you know, all things digital, uh, and just hanging out with my kids and family and, um, you know, enjoying some sun. I enjoyed a lot of sun yesterday, a little too much. So it's okay for me to be indoors for a little bit longer today. <laughs> there you go. How are you? I'm good. Yeah. I got away for a little bit of a camping uh, trip uh, last week and for a few days and then the rain came pouring in. So we ended it early because it was just like, we were going to be living in a swamp for the next two days so we're like no we're done it was like thunder showers and like torrential downpours and floods everywhere and i was like no not doing this and it was like same forecast for the next two days and i'm like no out <clears throat> but we had a couple of good, really good days and some sunshine and the beach there is nice uh, where we were and whatnot so that was good and um yeah things are opening up here in ontario we're moving to our stage three uh, on Friday, which means all the indoor dining and all the art galleries and museums and, you know, uh, theme parks and everything can reopen. So we're finally, finally there. And I'm starting uh, my uh, softball league this week. So that'll be fun to get out and start playing again. Yes, it's been a long time. So yeah, it's all good. Yeah, I'm excited for you guys to get there because I have to say it's been like odd to see, you know, that you can go in places without masks or that, you know, there's like things are so open because we were here last year and even outside on the boardwalk and everywhere, everybody had to wear masks. And so it's just very different. And it just feels like you almost feel like you're doing something wrong after you've been doing that for so long, which is, is one thing, but two, it's just been nice. Um, and I will say the other eye-opening thing for me so far, and I think some of my um, friends have felt the same way, is like, hey, I've actually enjoyed being inside with my family, and I don't need to be committing myself or over-committing myself to all these social things. So I think we've learned a lot coming out of this, but I'm excited for you guys to be able to get back to, you know, catch up to where we are right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I think... Um... It's been consistently trending down and holding steady on the number of cases and things like that. So I think we're we're getting to a good place and vaccines are, you know, I think we're in Toronto, I think they're almost 80% of the population is now vaccinated. Um, so, you know, it's pretty good. So, alrighty. Well, we have a good show for you. Four stories as per usual. Um, and uh, I'll let Ariana start us off with... Uh, and. Uh, a kind of a cool one, I guess, from uh, a well-known brand. Yeah, so I feel like this story and this is like, this service is actually meant for me. So thank you. This is from Hallmark, um, the greeting card company, right? So we've known Hallmark, they've been around for a long time. And, and you know, I think there's always something special about getting a greeting card in the mail for your birthday or, you know, a personalized note, whether it's for your anniversary or something like that, right? Um, and I think that Hallmark's obviously still counting on that, but they have this new service. It's called sign and send. Um, and this is great because what I have the hardest time doing is that I do a good job at buying cards for people. 
the issue is, is actually like getting them in the mail and sending them. I don't know why, but I still have like Father's Day cards from, you know, years ago that I'll find there are thank you notes that I'll find. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I thought I sent these and I just find them in random places and I'm the worst at sending. But Hallmark is now taking care of all of that. So I love this story. Basically what you can do is you can go on to their website, you pick out a card and you can actually handwrite your own message um, and take a picture of it, upload it from your mobile phone and they will deliver it and mail it for you. So they're taking care of the complicated part, at least for me. Um, and I think that's really awesome because you can just do this anywhere. You can do it really quickly. You know, if you're like, you know, writing on the train, you can just take a moment to write something and snap a picture and then, you know, send it over. Um, and then they send it for you. And they're also doing a promotion where the first, um, the first card is sent free. So in my mind, this is a beautiful combination of physical, digital, like that, that factor that you have about actually receiving something that is tangible that you can read um, is great, but also the fact that they're just making this very friendly and easy to do from you know the sender's perspective, I think is amazing and I can't wait to try it out. I will definitely be using this service a lot. So I love this story. I think this is a great, um, you know, this is a great, it's not anything like really mind blowing from a technology aspect, but it's just something that is so versatile and easy to use all year round. So um, I'm excited to try this out soon. I got Now I'm thinking like whose birthday or what's the next celebration I can do this for because I'm ready to, to do it. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, I, I love it. It's, uh, I think it, it's simple. It's easy for people to do. You just have to, obviously you have to register and have an account uh, with Hallmark in, in order to participate in this. Um, I, you know, I was looking at the site and kind of checking it out myself and I'm like, yeah, this is great, except for the fact that I don't think it's actually available outside of the US. So like us Canadian people up here in Hallmark Canada world, um, I don't think we, uh, we can take advantage of the service because from a, the, the postage and the mailing aspect of what they're providing and so on. So that's a bit of a downer, but you know, otherwise it's, uh, it's phenomenal. I, I think the, I like that you can choose that card. You can write your own handwritten message and kind of take a photo of that and send it in and they kind of print that right into the card and then mail it out for you. So it's like full turnkey, easy to go. And, you know, even doing the first, you know, uh, postage part of it free. So that's kind of cool. Um, you know, I, um, Hallmark's an interesting company, like in my house, because like, you know, like my wife and my kids and, 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 you know, like, Right now, it's uh, I, I came home the other day, and they were on the couch, like you know, because they're home from school now. It's the summer, and they're watching you know Christmas in July, which is like Hallmark movies, like you know, like the the sappy, you know, girl meets boy, you know, Hallmark movies, you know, whatever. Um, and so there's a whole sort of Christmas in July series of movies going on right now. Um, and so yeah, like it, it's it, it's it's a it's a brand that I think a lot of people. Um, know well and you know uh, you know have a high affinity for it. and so I, I love that they're able to kind of just say hey look you know um, we're here to make your life even even easier right now and, and especially as probably people haven't been out going out and buying cards in the same way that you know we haven't been going out to stores in general uh, in COVID and buying things and so you know walking into that card aisle at Walmart or you know Walgreens or wherever uh, you get your cards, um, you know, hasn't been happening probably at the same frequency. And, and so I think, you know, sort of having this all sort of put together and having them take care of that mailing part of it, I think is huge. So I, I like it. I think it's a cool story. 
All right, on to our second story. So moving away across the pond now to Singapore, Moving Walls, which is a company we've talked about a few times on the uh, show. It's a, they're a big player in the um, out-of-home advertising space and location-based uh, marketing uh, space. So they've uh, been kind of experimenting with sort of the mashup of digital out-of-home or out-of-home in general and location-based uh, sort of offers or mobile-based um, you know, sort of connectivity to the content that you see there. And so the idea of what they're going for here is really to say, you know, and I want to just quote, use their their actual words, because I thought it was really cool. They said, when you see a billboard, they describe that as a a mental snapshot of a product or service. Um, You know, that they're they're putting this picture in your mind of the, you know, this brand. And, uh, and so how do you then convert on that? How do you then get you know, the consumer to take action on that. And so what they're doing is using their location uh, intelligence um, and data platform, they're sort of uh, measuring uh, exposure to the out-of-home ads in terms of, you know, the number of people and devices that are coming in proximity of these things. And then uh, tying that to a set of of triggered uh, app-based, you know, banners and offers and things like that that are going on. But what's really cool is, They've got. They've sort of built it in a way that, uh, based on the frequency of that exposure, the offers are slightly different. So it's not like just anybody who comes in contact with this uh, out-of-home ad gets the same uh, mobile experience. Um, it, it's kind of um, you know tied to that frequency. And so they, you know, one example they gave is they've been working with a um, a food delivery um, app service, sort of like Uber Eats, if you will, uh, in in the Asian markets. Uh, Southeast Asia, and um, and what and what they do is they basically like say, okay, so if somebody's been exposed to the out of home ad four times, or more than four times, four or more times, um, then they're assuming that the brand awareness of the food delivery app uh, that's being you know promoted on the on the billboard is quite high. And then the content that they can share with them uh, should be something that they can react to by, you know, prompting them to download the app or, you know, something like that. But if it's a person who's only been exposed, let's say, two times or less, then they have a different call to action, right? Um, you know, and and so I, I like that they're sort of thinking about, you know, how often does that person's mobile device come in the path of that billboard and that out of home and changing the sort of ad content uh, accordingly. And they've been running this. Um, in 113 different locations in Malaysia, um, and had uh, 281% uh, uh, viewership uh, on the on the against their plan. So you know, reached 103 million uh, impressions. Uh, so quite a lot of success with this campaign. So I, I think it's really interesting. And, and again, for me, the the uniqueness here is not the technology. It's that sort of that they're thinking about the frequency of exposure in the out-of-home space and how you then sort of deliver something that's, uh, you know, um, proportionally makes sense in the mobile ad targeting related to it. What are your thoughts? Yeah, so there's two things that I was thinking about. One, I think from a frequency and exposure capping, you know, that's something that we talk a lot about in my industry now, you know, with Samsung ads and whether that's, um, you know, advanced TV advertising, any digital advertising, that's something that's talked about a lot. And obviously different brands uh, measure and cap their exposure in different ways. 
based on probably what they know works for them and the efficacy thereof. But what I also like about this story is that I think that it's very true that when you say you see an advertisement, it is a, you know, a quick like snapshot in your memory. And there's many times where I might see an ad on, um, I don't know, Instagram, for example, and I want to go back and find that, oh, I saw that, but I can't go back and see it again. Um, and And it really bothers me because one, I think that the advertisers are actually like missing out on something that consumers want. Like I saw something, maybe I didn't save it, or maybe it was in a story. So I wasn't really able to like quick follow or like just save it to a collection. Um, to go back to and refer to. And I think that that's, that's a challenge. So I like the idea that they're just aggregating this data together, that they're using what's already being done, but in a little bit of a new way, kind of packaging it up and thinking about how can they reach um, those consumers again in the future to sort of measure that um, or give them a different impression from a different medium, I think is really powerful as well. So I like this, like you said, tech, Technology-wise, it's not anything that's super advanced, or they're they're maybe utilizing new new data sets. But just how they're bringing things together, I think, is really unique. And I think that they're thinking about this in terms of how we as consumers um, actually digest advertising and need and want to see it again um, in order for it to be effective. Uh, so I, I think it's I think it's a good you know a good story. All righty. This one is like actually really interesting to me. And this is a combination of, uh, you know, a company that we talk about quite often, which is here. Um, And we've had, you know, lots of, I would say, interaction with them over the years through the LBMA. And now they're teaming up with another company, which is called um, Nexiad. So that's N-E-X-Y-A-D. And they're pairing their platform with here's technology. So there's three main things that they're doing together and this is pretty cool, right? So the three main areas that they're doing is they're they're leveraging onboard data and vehicles. Um, they're looking at maximum speed recommendations for a specific vehicle at a specific time based on the data that they're, they're gathering from the onboard data. And then they're creating this risk score for drivers and autonomous um, you know, vehicles and shuttles of, of those nature. So basically when you think about the HERE system, you've got the global navigation satellite system. So you've got the GPS that they're working with. Then you've got the horizon data and then the acceleration data. Then from Nexiad's platform, they're bringing in other things um, like advanced driving assistant systems, which is ADAS, um, which include like cameras, radar, LIDAR detectors, all of those different things, visibility, temperature, um, traffic data. So they're bringing all of those things together. And like every, every second, they are generating 20 different like check-ins of data um, per vehicle. And so what it does is it really creates a very, very tailored data set to this specific vehicle based on all of these um, things that are informing uh, informing that response, right? So this can help with um, saying like, hey, here's the maximum speed that this vehicle should be driving or should be allowed to drive if it's autonomous, right? Um, here's you know some recommendations on the driving score, like you're not driving so great or you're driving really well. Um, and you know, this is really right now it's being used by Bright Mile in the UK, Mont Bleu in India and by Mila in France. Um, so, you know, this is coming from Paris and Amsterdam, really more applicable across the water, not here in North America yet. But I think this is really very, very cool. I love the idea of bridging all of these data sets together, that it is real time data that's kind of affecting things. I like the idea of a driving score because there might even be additional factors, you know, if you think about this, where this could go in the future being like, 
okay, my teenager is driving, I would like to put a cap at the driving speed that they could, you know, operate or that I want to make sure that their driving score is influenced by their age, um, or maybe like what's appropriate from a risk factor for them versus somebody who's been driving for a long time, or maybe somebody who has like different uh, vision, you know, requirements. And so certain days, times of the day are more difficult for them. So I think there's a long way that this could go. But I love the fact that they're kind of building this out and assessing it on a vehicle by vehicle basis versus like just this what works for one works for everybody and i think this is super smart so um you know we see a lot of things coming from here we're seeing a lot happening in autonomous vehicles whether that's more on the connectivity side or just the sensor side so to me this is more of like a data matchup um and processing play and i think that this is really powerful um and i'm excited about this one what do you think I am too. I, I think the the safety next uh, platform that that Nexiad has, I think, is is quite different uh, or unique in in sort of addressing, you know, that like to me, it's that scorecard piece, right? That you're the last part that you're talking about that is what I find fascinating, and I think for a couple of reasons. I think if you think about it from a insurance perspective and and what this type of data could mean in terms of actuarial science and and you know coming up with you know rates and coverage models and things like that i think uh you know it, it's it's ripe for innovation because there's so many new factors now that uh need to get weighed in as as the vehicles become you know more autonomous and, and more electronic um in in how they operate it's not just human factors anymore, right? And, and, and I think that that needs to be reflected in the data science and the models and, and the actuarial pieces of what's going on. So I think huge implications on the insurance side. I think on the autonomous vehicle side itself, also I, I think um, you know, understanding speed and, and controlling that and recommendations around that, um, I think there's a big play there too, because you know, even just this morning, I was reading about Grubhub just uh, uh, announced a deal with the index which is a, a russian company and they're going to be doing autonomous vehicle deliveries grubhub deliveries on college campuses in the us uh and i'm like okay so like what's controlling you know or you know sort of uh, putting the controls on the speed that those autonomous vehicles are rolling around campuses and and you know what's happening there and so i think there's a lot of implications for the autonomous vehicle space in general with data like this in terms of what you can do and and how that plays into uh, you know operationally you know rolling these types of things out and being more efficient and causing hopefully less accidents and less you know fatalities and things like that that we're starting to see now as autonomous vehicles become you know something that's more mainstream um, so i think there's a lot of uh, potential here as a, as a safety platform uh, for sure in terms of what they're doing. So I like it too. Um, all right, on our last story now, kind of st sticking with um, data and satellites and GPS and all of that kind of stuff, a company we haven't talked about on the show for a long time, um, some years in fact, I believe, uh, is uh, Ublocks. Uh, so that's just letter U hyphen B-L-O-X. Uh, this is a, uh, a Swiss company and um, they've launched a new platform called Point Perfect. Uh, I like the name. First of all, it's one word, um, and it's a uh, basically a location service that's uh, aimed at sort of augmenting the GNSS uh, data for autonomous vehicles. 
So everybody's going into this space now, all of these uh, satellite players uh, and GPS players that we've been talking about, whether that's here or guys like TomTom Tom and Garmin and some of the sort of the, the, old, the old guard, if you will, of the industry are all sort of finding new life right now. Because I think, um, as we just said, the autonomous vehicle space is, is really picking up. And it's not just autonomous vehicles in you know, what we mean in, in the sense of self-driving cars, but, you know, this can be drones, this can be robots, this can be, you know, all sorts of, of different types of things, you know, fleets that are rolling around, you know, all sorts of different um, types of, of manifestations of that. So um, I think, you know, technology is definitely needed here to, uh, you know, improve the accuracy, the measurement, the monitoring, of what's going on there. So Point Perfect is uh, is the new service from Ublocks. Um, they're going to deliver this service uh, through mobile internet or L-band satellite signals, uh, as well as on uh, broadcast on large scale uh, coverage in the U.S. and Europe. Um, you know, um, and including uh, coverage, they said, uh, as many as 12 nautical miles off the coastline. So even for shipping. Uh, this has implications, right? And and I've been seeing and reading about autonomous uh, ships, dark ships, you know, if you will, that are just floating around, um, you know, moving cargo and things like that. So that's really interesting as well um, to start to think about kind of, um, you know, as you come, you know, closer to the coastline, you know, flipping over to an autonomous sort of navigation uh you know, to steer that in, into shore and things like that, it becomes really interesting. So, yeah, um, you know, don't have a lot more to say about this. Again, primarily a European play, although it has U.S. implications. Uh, that is U-Blocks I'm talking about. Um, and there's obviously, you know, with all of this technology, there's all obviously military applications as well, without going into too much of that. Um, and um, so I'm sure we're going to see, you know, all sorts of announcements and partnerships with uh, various uh, military uh, defense departments and others uh, who, who want to leverage this, especially on, on the drone side of things. Any thoughts from you? Yeah. No, I mean, I think that you covered pretty much all of it. I'm just hopeful that we continue to see these applications and this data and um, these you know, technology developments definitely used for the good and not for the power hungry. Although, you know, we will see, right? Like there's always going to be some interesting things that happen, um, just like we see with facial recognition and and other other things that are happening um, all around us in different industries. So um, it's an exciting time to you know keep an eye out. But I think we also just have to keep in mind what's what's good for uh, humanity as a whole, right? Like how can it be used for good, and then um, how do we make sure that we are not using this for um, you know for control seeking or power seeking industries. <laughs> yeah. So, um, all we can do is tell you about what's going on out there. We're not, we're not involved in that, um, at all, but, um, yeah, I, I, I think it's, it, it's interesting to see the advances in the GNSS, you know, satellite data accuracy and, and some of the things that are going on there because so much of the conversation, I, I would say over the last five, to eight years has been on, you know, beacons and Wi-Fi and indoor uh, and mobile location stuff. 
And now we're starting to see this wave of innovation and new services coming, you know, sort of in the more traditional location uh, sense of GPS and satellites and, uh, you know, some of the stuff that we've been talking about the last few weeks. So I'm excited um, because it'll all come together and, and mean, you know, better location services, you know, overall for, for the whole industry and for, for, for many different verticals. So anyways, that's our show for this week. Four interesting stories. Thank you for listening and watching. We really appreciate your time. And um, we'll be back next week with uh, yet another show. Have a great rest of your week, everybody. And uh, reach out to us on social media. If you have story ideas, give us some likes, some love uh, on whatever platform you're consuming this. And we'll, uh, we'll see you soon. Bye. Oh, 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 oh,